everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are looking at Exodus 30 to 32, and it, to me it feels like what we're going to do is kind of wrap up um, all these rules and Au laws. Contraire. And designs. We will be back at them again. Yes, we will be back at them again. <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap up the first movement of instructions, uh, and yeah, we'll get into some golden calf nonsense. So, uh, Jenny, you seem very excited to talk about these things. Please I actually, I actually really, I think I've said this before in other episodes. I really like talking about the different significant pieces that are in the tabernacle. So for me, it was really cool to kind of hear about um, the altar of incense. That's kind of where we like first start out. I really like the idea of like, there's this like special like brew of things that is only meant to be, um, to be burnt within the tent and it was not meant to be just for any Joe Schmo to use. Like this was specific for um, the altar of incense. So I just think that's really cool. Uh, I love the idea of the the basins. Uh, there was actually a part in here that was like what? So they like the idea of cleanliness or holiness. Like Ryan was talking to me earlier, they had to wash their hands and wash their feet. Uh, the priest did um, so that they would not die as they entered into. Uh, the tent or the holy place or the most holy place. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just like, I think the severity of how every little detail is so important. I am a super detail oriented person. So I think I just, I think I love that. So it's just really cool to see all these just kind of coming together um, and just getting those last little pieces in what their significance is. I just, I really love that. Oh, and then in 31, almost forgot. Just kind of wrapping up this part. We are introduced to, um, can you please say the names? Well, we had a little bit of a debate. Jenny says I'm saying them wrong. I'm just saying them the way I've always heard them. I think it's Oholiab and Bezalel, which you said So I, I just always say Ohalab and Bezalel. Ohalab. It's <laughs> like Ohala. That means uh, if only in Spanish. Well, there you go. Anyway, just saying, those two guys, um, they actually were filled with the Spirit of God to be able to... Um, craft these different pieces for the tabernacle so that's pretty cool again i really like that so we've probably said this a couple times but just to reiterate it like there's gonna be a lot of very specific details i mean the oils are like use this much of this use this mm -hmm. much of this use this much of this mash it up this way it's very specific because what god is doing is god is choosing to create a place for himself in the midst of the israelites in this tabernacle tent mm -hmm. Um, to be with them. To he, be he wants with his to, people. To, to be with, with his, people. his people. Yeah. And so it is very specific because God is holy. We are not holy. Uh, we have lost our sense of holiness, I think, mm -hmm. to a very large mm -hmm. degree. Um, but what is fascinating about this is you could look at it and you could say like, oh, God is so restricting. You could also look at it and be like, God cares so much that he, he doesn't can... want you to die. <laughs> yes. God cares so much that he can like, to be with his people. Mm -hmm. He wants to be with his people so badly uh, that he lays out these very specific rules and very specific designs to make sure that he is not dangerous to them mm -hmm. while he dwells with them. Yeah. And that's actually really cool. Like, it's a subtle reframing, but it's like, wow, God is amazing. So, as we kept moving, a little bit of, like, 
a reality check as to where we are because I think reading these chapters, it's like so dense and like specific with all these yeah. details that you kind of like assume that this is just like all happening in a quick amount of time. This is actually like we're gearing up to be done with Moses's time in the mountain with God for what is, we said 40 days and 40 nights, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's like a huge passage of time um, before we get into chapter 32. So we're like wrapping up all these details and then it's it throws us into the chapter of the golden calf. So just a little bit of like, before we move in there, it seems like this short significant time, but the people are actually like, I think becoming fearful that like, whoa, Moses left and he's not coming back. Like, where is he? Um, so they get this grand idea, super lame idea, <laughs> to gather up all the gold and make a calf because they're going to thank it that they were able to get out of Egypt So couple, with the help of Aaron. A couple of things I want to point out about this. I noticed that I had, I don't think I've noticed them before reading through it, but the first thing I noticed that is goofy, um, I get, well, I guess the first one that's goofy is they say, we need, we need some new gods, like make us some new gods. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, that's shortly after that. So this is uh, chapter 32, verse 2, I think. Um, up, this is the people talking to Aaron. Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up, up from the land of Egypt, we do not know that what has become of him. So Aaron basically tells him, like, hey, give me all your gold. Um, Moses, is not the, Moses did not deliver the people mm -hmm. from Egypt. And so what I see happen here, it's subtle, uh, but they start to believe it was Moses that did it. Then they start to believe, well, we need to fashion some kind of new thing to go. It seems bizarre. So like, frustrating. Build us something out of gold that we can say will go before us, you know, that'll be better than that giant pillar of fire and cloud of smoke. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Aaron just does it. Yeah, that's. I think that was like a huge bummer to me. I'm like, oh, my word, here's this guy who's going to be like, ready and set apart to be like the priest like yeah. the guy and he's like yeah that sounds like a great idea like oh come on Aaron that's so, so disappointing Moses and Joshua are apparently up on the mountain Moses has been spending all this time with God he's probably very excited to bring what God has given him mm -hmm. to the people uh he meets like, Joshua step. he meets Joshua kind of coming down and Joshua's like huh something sounds funny down there they're like having a great big part well he actually thinks they're in trouble and as they get closer, realizes, like, oh, they're, like, singing and dancing down there. What's going on? To a golden calf. And then God's like, hey, I think I'm just going to kill them all. <laughs> Interesting, though, because to me that's, like, he's, like, asking or telling Moses what's up. Like, he's going to just smite him. And then Moses is like, please reconsider. Like, as if he has the ability to change God's mind. It's really strange. That is a, this is a passage that gets brought up consistently about the power of prayer and how does it work. Um... Think about this. Moses and God have been on the mountain talking about... It makes God seem uncertain, though. That's weird. Mo <laughs> we'll come back to that. Okay. Moses and uh, God have been talking about how God's going to be able to dwell with his people. That mm -hmm. has been the primary conversation this entire time. Mm -hmm. When the conversation is over, they <laughs> Moses is coming down the mountain. It's like, oh, they actually just made up a whole different God <laughs> and wasted all the stuff we needed to make <laughs> yeah, that's all true. the stuff mm -hmm. we've... So, um, so then you get this passage where, uh, Moses very, uh, probably like very, uh, Abraham style, like Abraham and Lot, like, Hey, please don't destroy them. Like, no. I mean, we don't get like the negotiation phase, if I find 300. but 
basically Moses is like, listen, like you made a promise to these people. And if you blot them out, that will not be faithful to your promise. And God's like, yeah, that's true. So I won't kill them all. Hmm. Um, I don't like that. Some people believe that Moses was very persistent in his prayers and the Lord relented from his anger. That is pretty much what the text says. Uh, some people believe this was a test for Moses to respond to the heart of God and respond and show a heart for the people. Um, that's a little like bit that weird because he's going to come down from the mountain and instruct the Levites, the priests, to go ahead and kill all the people. And be equally angry, yeah. Not all the people. Well, an interesting thing about that is that when they do, when he does come down, he throws the tablets. These like, <laughs> that just seems like, oh no, why did you do that? Like, it's the all full, all the things we just read written yeah. in God's hand on two sides <laughs> he of two tablets. chucks them down and they break into a bunch of pieces. Um, but then, uh, one thing that I thought was really weird, not only do they kill off many of these people... Um, under the hand of the sons of Levi, which is really interesting. Levi's significance is? Uh, well, Levi would have been present, like defending Dinah, killing off uh, the people mm -hmm. uh, that were responsible for the rape of Dinah. But also Levi, like the Levites are the priests. So you, if, if you just read it, you can get this picture of like all the people turned and worshiped this calf. That doesn't actually seem to be true. It seems like there are people who are still faithful to God, Joshua being one of them. The Levites being some of them. Um, but there's this element of people who are worshiping idols now. And the Levites, the priests, are instructed to basically kill off the people who are not being faithful to God. So you have that part. And then Aaron has his, like, kind of backpedaling Aaron says the stupidest like, thing in the world. Uh... <laughs> Moses is like, hey, where'd that thing come from? And Aaron's like, I, I just, I, all the gold fell in the fire and a calf came out. So I don't know so about that. So he has his awkward moment. But there was one part that I thought was really interesting is, um, hold on one sec. Verse, actually it's chapter 32, verse 20. Uh, let's see. He, Moses, speaking about Moses, he took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the water and made the people of Israel drink it. They had to drink the idol, yeah. That seems like they would not survive that. Well, it's powder. I mean, you could you could drink a powder, gold powder. Ew, grody. Anyway, um, the point being, like, why did he make them drink this? Like, what's significant about that? It seems to be like taking their punishment upon themselves it seems to be like a pretty stern reminder of how foolish they are like imagine imagine honestly like if you went yeah it says a step of shaming yes like if you Yikes. if you crafted an idol for yourself put it in your office and i walked into your office and ground it to pieces and made you drink it like you'd probably be like oh this is embarrassing it's humiliating uh, at the end of the chapter we get this comment on people being blotted out of god's book uh this is going to come up in a couple different places, uh, what's interesting is it seems to pop up throughout the Bible. It's mentioned in Psalms, it's mentioned in Daniel, it's mentioned in Luke, and it's mentioned in Philippians. Um, so it seems to be that there is a book uh, where God is keeping track of who is faithful and who is not faithful. The book of life. And it transcends Old and New Testaments because God hasn't changed. Like the, the book didn't go away. Um, and so basically God's saying like, Hey, those that are faithful to me, they're going to be in it. And those that aren't, they're going to be blotted out. So I think a really clear takeaway for us today. And I, I saw it reading through Exodus 32. 
God brought the people out of Egypt, not Moses. And so that little shift in their thinking that started to recognize like a person over their God set them up for some pretty stupid decisions. And I don't think that's something that's just locked in Exodus. I think it's something we are very, very susceptible today. Like I actually see people doing that with pastors all the time. Like your pastor is not your savior. Your pastor is just trying to lead you closer to God. Mm -hmm. So anytime you put someone in the place of God, you're probably potentially setting off like a chain event. That, that could be pretty immediate or yes, later down the road. Could be immediate, could be very slow. Don't put a person where God belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ultimately, that's idolatry, uh, but it leads to even crazier forms of idolatry. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good cautionary tale for us today to keep God where God belongs. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we are going to be looking at Exodus 33 to 35. So we'll see you then. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Exodus chapter 30. You shall make an altar on which to burn incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its breadth. It shall be square and two cubits shall be its height. Its horn shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And you shall make a molding of gold around it. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, and you shall put it in front of the veil that is above the ark of the testimony, in front of the mercy seat that is above the testimony, where I will meet with you. And Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall burn it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations." You shall not offer unauthorized incense on it, or a burnt offering or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement, he shall make atonement for it once in the year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, When you take the census of the people of Israel, then each shall give a ransom for his life to the Lord when you number them that there be no plague among them when you number them. Each one who is numbered in the census shall give this, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is twenty giras, half a shekel as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is numbered in the census from twenty years old and upward shall give the Lord's offering. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than the half shekel. When you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for your lives, You shall take the atonement money from the people of Israel and shall give it for the service in the tent of meeting, that it may bring the people of Israel to remembrance before the Lord, so as to make atonement for your lives. The Lord said to Moses, You shall also make a basin of bronze with its stand of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, with which Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet. When they go into the tent of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash with water, so that they may not die. They shall wash their hands and their feet, so they may not die. 
It shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his offspring throughout their generations. The Lord said to Moses, Take the finest spices of liquid myrrh five hundred shekels, and sweet-smelling cinnamon half as much, that is two hundred and fifty, and two hundred and fifty of aromatic cane, and five hundred of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil, blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony, and the table and all its utensils, and the lampstand and all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils in the basin and its stand. You shall consecrate them, that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them will become holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them, that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, This shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person, and you shall make no other like it in composition. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider, shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, Take sweet spices, stocky, anik, and galbanum, sweet spices, and pure frankincense. Of each there shall be an equal part. And make an incense blended as by the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small, and put part of it before the testimony in the tent of meeting, where I shall meet with you. It shall be most holy for you, and the incense that you shall make according to its composition you shall not make for yourselves. It shall be for you holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to use as a perfume shall be cut off from his people. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bazael, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, the ability and intelligence with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Asamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstand with all its utensils, and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest and the garment of his sons, for their service as priests, and the anointing oil and the fragrance incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. And the Lord said to Moses, You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between you and me throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Anyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of, sol of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. Therefore the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and my people of Israel that in six days 
the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on, the, on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold that are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down, for your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf, and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people. And behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them, in order that I may make, great, make a great nation of you. But Moses implored the Lord his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people, whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, with evil intent did he bring them out, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self, and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have promised I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back they were written. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, Moses' anger burned hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made and burned it with fire and ground it to powder and scattered it on the wind and made the people of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods who shall go before us, as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt. We do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, Let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it on the fire, and out came this calf. And then Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose, to the derision of their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered around him. And he said to them, 
Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about three hundred thousand men of the people fell. And Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. The next day Moses said to the people, You have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please, blot me out of your book that you have written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go, lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. Then the Lord sent a plague on the people, because they made the calf, the one that Aaron had made. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.